quite deceptive every day. I see them in the <laughs> Middle East. I see them in Washington. And uh, so, again, I think that we, we have our eyes wide open. I think that, uh, again, the, the president is focused on what's good for America. What are our strategic interests? Uh, you know, where do we share interests with other countries? Let's work towards those. But, uh, yeah, every day we deal with people who are trying to deceive us in different ways. But our job is to see through it, uh, but also to, to stay focused on what's best for the American people. And, uh, and the president's fully committed to doing that. Who is that young yeah. firebrand? I don't know about you, but I couldn't have uh, I couldn't have told you who that was based on the voice. No. And he uh, has been, at least in the past, a fairly major player. In the White House, that's what Jared Kushner sounds like. Yeah. That's what he sounds like. Ask Jared! The rare male vocal fry. And he and MBS uh, have been fairly tight over the last year and a half or two years. They, they they once stayed up all night long talking about the Middle East and plans for the world. And I'm sure he's a fascinating it. guy. Jared or MBS? Well, both of them, but MBS in particular. Oh, my God, yeah. But anyway. But an extremely dangerous guy as well. I just saw a new interview with Jared in which he said, mm-hmm. uh, we're waiting to get all the facts and figure out what's true and what's not true and what we need to do. And I'm still baffled by this whole story. Yeah. Um, but more on that coming up later. Indeed. Well, the uh, the Washington Post with a really interesting piece uh, today about an idea that I guess the White House had to woo tech workers to swing by for a little while and help straighten out a number of challenges that the gigantic federal government uh, has. And Tony Rahm wrote the piece, and we found it really intriguing and wanted to talk. And here he is. Hello, Tony. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Uh, Tony writes about uh, tech and all sorts of stuff for the Washington Post. So uh, do we know whose idea this is? Or why don't you explain to folks uh, what the idea is? Yeah, it'll probably come to no surprise to anybody that the federal government is still figuring out what to do with all that tech stuff, right? We have some federal agencies that are still, in fact, using floppy disks to store information. So for a long time now, government has been trying to get tech experts to come help out, to come fix some of these agencies' troubles. And what we're seeing today is the Trump administration's attempts. They've got a bunch of tech companies gathered today to tell them to make it possible for workers to come do tours of duty in government. Now, um, there's some talk of going back to floppy disks for safety reasons, but that's not the reason some of these agencies are using floppy disks. They're just stuck on 25, 30-year-old technology. Yeah, they've got some real outdated stuff. Sometimes it's because they lack the expertise. Sometimes it's because they don't have the money and still other instances. They ex- because- they lack the expertise that my mom and dad have in their, you know, <laughs> 70s and 80s. Well, then the third part is that it's hard with the lumbering federal bureaucracy to change course, right? you got to fill out all these forms and do all this stuff just to buy a computer, much less, you know, put the entirety of the Pentagon on the cloud. Uh, so there are a lot of challenges that the Trump administration and any president, for that matter, would face when it comes to technology. And so they're hoping that the folks at Amazon and Facebook and Google can lend their workers to maybe work for a couple months to a year to address some of those challenges and then go back to their old jobs. Boy, I love that idea. I I think in the pitch for the story, somebody mentioned that, you know, helping vets get their appointments at the VA, making that run more smoothly, because there are human beings at the business end of what the government does. And so this uh, idea is really appealing. Is there any chance it happens, Tony? Well, there already are programs in government that let workers do tours of duty. There's an effort called the U.S. Digital Service that came about under former President Obama that they created after the healthcare.gov meltdown. And they've been working for a long time to fix some of government's tech troubles. But 
in this instance, while there's the opportunity for workers to go help the Trump administration, they may not want to. We've had a lot of fights between Trump and Silicon Valley and tech companies. A lot of tech workers may not want to go support a president who doesn't share their values. Well, and even even with that aside, um, you would be doing it as a uh, as public service because I, I can't believe it's going to pay as well as if you're really good at your options in the private world. Yeah, I mean, compare what they have in government, which is what you just said, to the fact that at Google you're making a billion dollars basically and you have a cafeteria of free food every day. You're not going to get that if you're working at the Department of Health and Human Services. That much is certainly true, but the political obstacles can't be discounted here. A lot of Silicon Valley workers just aren't interested in working for this administration, even on issues where they share common ground, like modernizing how government works. Well, I I would suggest, and Tony, you no need to comment either way on this, that it's a beautiful example of how politics has completely eclipsed the idea of serving your fellow man or your country or whatever. If you help vets get to their appointments and don't get screwed out of their appointments, that's not somehow being a lackey of Trump. That's helping your fellow American. I find that this is, these times are troubling. I'm troubled, Tony. Tony Rahm is a uh, Washington Post staff writer. Uh, so, well, I, I like the idea... And, and I hope they can get it going to some extent. Uh, is there any chance we can make government service compulsory and drag people out of Google by force? Uh, well, that's certainly not going to happen. There's nobody that's talking about that sort of thing. Uh, and But to your earlier points, the White House actually has the same comment that you do, which is that it thinks, it truly thinks, that workers in Silicon Valley are willing to put aside their political differences and they're willing to go set up in some of these agencies. But when I talk to engineers, you know, you hear two sides of the coin, right? There are some folks who are afraid that they might be asked to work on something related to immigration, for example, and that they could be put to use in aiding the administration on some of its more controversial policies around tracking people who are here legally or illegally. So, you know, there, there there's some definite moral considerations that some people have, but the Trump administration keeps saying, hey, this program is going to outlast us. This solves for problems that have nothing to do with this presidency necessarily. Tony Rahm of the Washington Post. Tony, thanks a million. Well done. Thanks for having me. Great to talk to you. Uh, yeah, I, it's a forced conscription of Silicon Valley engineers. That's right. I'm calling for it openly as if it's, you know, 1770 and the British Navy is snatching up our sailors. Unbelievable. I don't want to help the Trump administration. Well, we had a, a family friend who was a computer whiz, like super high level computer whiz being courted by all the major universities in the country to to get his Ph.D. there. And um, and he was looking at his various uh, job opportunities afterwards, and the government wanted him, DARPA wanted him, but he didn't want to be involved in anything that had to do with war and mm. killing people. And yeah, well, I guess uh, I can see that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna really hamper our, uh, our 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 tech advancements in the country if everybody that's really good at it is anti-Republican Party, anti-war, anti-this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be difficult to uh, to move forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here's why I'm so confused by this whole Saudi thing. I, I, don't, I don't get it. This sort of thing has been going on for as long as we've been friends with Saudi Arabia. It also goes on with a lot of other countries we're friends with. Right. And we just... Including our current buddies in Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah, example being from the Washington Post, this Max Boot wrote a column... And and he he said he's not sure either. He was he was wrestling in his own mind about realpolitik, but used the example of Razik, 
the guy who was the police chief there in Afghanistan, he got blown up last week by the Taliban. Yeah. One of the reasons the Taliban hated this Razik so much wasn't just because he was on the side of the Afghan government in the United States. He was a really brutal guy. He he had massacred a bunch of people. He was he was really really rough stuff. Um yet both the Obama and Trump administrations pretended not to notice his human rights abuses, his links to the drug trade, his torture and killing of people who turned out to be innocent of every various things, his heavy-handed methods, because as one official told Max Boot in the Washington Post, this was during the Obama administration, he may be a mad dog on a leash, but he's not a bad one to have, and at least he's on our leash. Right. I mean, that's the way every country operates in the world. Mm-hmm. That's the way the Obama administration operated and Trump operated with this guy. Now, all of a sudden... Dude in Saudi Arabia kills a journalist because he wasn't on the right side of things at the time. And we're acting like this will not stand. We're willing to blow up an 80-year-old relationship over this. Something's going on. Something crazy's going on. Well, and the future is more important than the past to me. We're willing to blow up any idea of countering Iran in the future. I mean, what the hell is happening there? All of a sudden, we have these... Is it uh, just because it's so big and obvious and stupid? That we're making a big know. show of disapproving? I don't know. Or do, or, or do, do, is there something about MBS that's been learned recently that is incredibly unpalatable? I don't know. Yeah, and we're trying to wedge him out, although that's just not going to happen. No, it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess, and I'm not confident about this at all, I guess my theory at this point is the make a big show theory. We're going to demand justice. This must never happen. Accountability and investigation. And wait till it blows over. MBS has done a lot of things that were really out there. Do you remember when he brought in the guy who was running Lebanon at the time? Yes, he kidnapped their prime minister. Well, he he claims that they didn't kidnap him. Yeah. And the kidnappee, the prime minister of Lebanon, says that's not what happened, even though because he's scared. Because he's terrified, yeah. They, They made him stand for like an entire day, slapped him around a lot. Um, this is the leader of a country. Yeah. Yeah, they brought him in, abducted him, slapped him around, made him stand for a whole day until he finally would sign something and admit. Then he did that, like that hostage tape. Do you remember seeing right. that on TV? Yeah, yeah. Um, I am here of my own free will. Yeah. 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 So he's done a number of... I am of, giving like, up power He's done a number Saudi Arabia. Of pretty over-the-top things. Yeah. Yeah, that's way off the chart. I wonder... I wonder if his whole, he sees himself as a gigantic swing and you know what. And this, the Khashoggi thing showed enormous hubris and or stupidity or both. And I wonder if the real swinging Richard on earth, the United States of America said, that's enough. Ain't no bigger swinging Richard than the United States. My nuke's bigger than your nuke. Um, So I wonder if our foreign policy establishment president, his advisors, Bolton, I could see Bolton uh, running this, um, said, we've got to bring this guy to heel now because he is out of control. Well, Jared was tightest with him, Jared Kushner, Ivanka's husband. Right. Um, I don't, I, but he's kind of been eased out. He's not as powerful in the White House as he was, but I don't know if he's decided MBS is out of control or or they said, we don't care what you think anymore or what I happened I see there. Bolton just slapping Jared around. Yeah. <laughs> Forehand, backhand, forehand, no, just, backhand. Just his mustache. Just whacking him with his mustache. <laughs> right. Like this. Smashes Ray-Bans under his heels. And, 
under his heel and, you know, stain his blue blazer and, and then <laughs> saying, we got to bring this guy to heel. And so maybe Jared is. I don't know. Was I had another? There was another. Oh, I mean, I, a guy like MBS, as powerful as he's always been, as rich as he grew up, you know, one of the sons of the king and can do anything he wants to anybody he wants. The, the, the hubris of a guy like that would be difficult to imagine. I know I keep going back to this, but I think it says a lot about his personality. The kind of guy who buys the most expensive car, painting, and yacht in the world. House? Yeah, house, car, and yacht in the world. And painting. <laughs> and painting. I'm sorry. There's no car involved. I don't know why I keep saying that. We have that. two weapons! <laughs> <laughs> he bought the Da Vinci, he bought that yacht from the uh, vodka Russian guy, and he bought the most expensive house in the world in France. And the yacht and the, was an impulse buy. Yeah, he just saw it and said, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, somebody's got a bigger yacht than How me. How much for your yacht? And he paid a half a billion dollars for the yacht and a half a billion dollars for that painting. That was quite something. The kind of guy who does that is is not right. Yeah. He's got yeah. some mental problems. Yeah. Put that painting on the yacht, throw his, his billion-dollar <laughs> float party. <laughs> you know what you do? You put you, you get a, you have a party on your yacht, you throw that painting down, you whiz on the painting. Oh, boy. That's what I think of it. That's how much money I got. I'm MBS, damn it. Wow. Wow. Are all the guests gathered around? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure I could. <laughs> Stare at me. What's he Uh, doing? But that's a certain sort of person. Yeah, I'd say. Especially especially when you're trying to put the vibe out there that I'm a modern man. A reformer. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, kind of hurting your look there, dude. These assholes in their fucking yards. Boy, I hear that. (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, you. That's right, you. Wouldn't you like to know the story of you? What makes you, you? DNA and Me is a genetic service that can help you find out exactly who your ancestors were. You might be surprised. I thought I was just a standard white guy, but DNA and Me showed that I'm actually 4.2% Cherokee Indian. Turns out I'm not totally white. I'm also part Northern Asian and even some Kurdish. I'm a victim of oppression. I used to get in trouble for always using the N-word. But with DNA and me, I found out that I'm 2.1% black. Morning, Steve. Sup, n***a. The test is easy. Simply swab the inside of your mouth and send it into our labs. People made fun of me for being French. DNA and me showed I was 8% Navajo. Nobody's making fun of me now or my people who are victims. I'm 13% victim. I'm 21% victim. Order now and find out if your friends should be more sympathetic towards you. DNA and me. Are you in? Hell f***ing yes, I'm in. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's South Park, of course. Yeah. Sounded like South Park. That, the Take N- that, Elizabeth Warren, you. The N-word reminds me, so uh, we didn't have this from Saturday Night Live last week, but Michael Che mentioned that he negotiated in his new contract four N-words for the year. <laughs> I don't know if that was true Quarterly or just... Quarterly N-words. I, I read about it. It is true, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. 
he negotiated because Saturday Night Live has been on this. Um, they've been backpedaling over not having enough black people for a couple of years now. And Lauren Michaels, I don't know if he just like was, oh my God, you're right. I mean, because he's just fallen over himself. And it's his in his crowd. That's a sin. Right. He's just fallen all over himself, the black cast members and the number of sketches that deal with black issues and stuff like that, and Michael Che being a black guy on the news and everything like that. But he negotiated four N-words for the year and used one last week, like full-on says it. He's saving up a couple for Christmas. (laughs) Wow, that's interesting. So uh, you got the Elizabeth Warren thing. We had... um uh, a loyal listener who I can't remember if you wanted to be a, a, a unanimous or not. No, he's Travis. His name's Travis. And he wrote a really long email about uh, race and racism and that sort of thing. It was really interesting. You know, I would suggest uh, brevity. Brevity is the soul of wit, uh, Travis. But uh, one of the one of my favorite parts of it, he, he says, I believe the uh, the thing, the good thing about the Elizabeth Warren deal is that she's completely decimated um some of the cultural myths of race and racism by proving that anyone anywhere can claim to be any race at any time. And if the smallest scintilla of your DNA uh, confirms it, you can be you can claim to be part of that culture or group of people, which was the you know, the point the South Park uh, parody was making there. And he uses, uh, quote unquote, Hispanic people as an example Spanish conquistadors raped and pillaged across the Americas, creating a DNA subset of Native Americans and Europeans, which are commonly called Hispanics, Hispania being Spain, which by modern definition would make Hispanics descendants of white Europeans. The mixing of these bloods requires Hispanics to make a choice. Are you native? Are you native to your own culture? Are you native to white Europeans? Um, Or do you just get claimed to be? I mean, given we're all Africans. 100% 100% of us, if we're Americans, we're African-Americans, since all of our DNA originated God knows how many years ago in Africa. So it kind of renders the whole discussion silly, which it is. Yeah, depending on how far back you want to go. Right, yeah. I mean, if there are legitimate issues of race and culture and the rest of it you want to talk about, that's fine. But the whole, you know, you can wear a badge if you're one 177th something is just crazy. According to PETA, in their latest press release, cow's milk is a symbol of white supremacy. I see. Speaking of racism. In a statement, the animal rights group links the dairy industry's treatment of the cows to the concept of white supremacy. PETA is trying to wake people up to the implications of choosing this white beverage and suggested they choose something else pronto, the statement continues. Chocolate milk. It actually gets into the rape culture of getting milk from cows. Oh, boy. And how it fits in well, with that. You're, you're grabbing hold of their udders without asking. Hashtag me moo. Wow. <laughs> Boy, a lot of wow. cringing. A lot yes. of cringing going on here. What's the problem? Yes. I am distancing myself from that comment. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, the U.S. threatening to bail out of the landmark nuclear weapons deal with the Russians. Transgender could be defined out of existence by the Trump administration. And just in time for Halloween, a burger guaranteed to give you nightmares. (laughs) I think you should have to get one of those Weinstein shots for that joke. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
question for a couple of weeks now. What's going on with this Saudi Arabia deal? Why are we making such a big deal out of this? I, I don't still know the answer to that, but we got this text. I got your answer, Jack. It's all about oil, which is a great text if this is 1982. But here's to the extent that it is about oil. Saudi Arabia is a total welfare state. You're born in Saudi Arabia, and they take care of everything. Everything. Your education, your housing, everything is taken care of by the government. But that model only works. It was built on the idea that oil would be $100 a barrel or more. Well, it's 62 now, and everybody believes it's never going to be back to $100 ever again. Right. Because Partially because of North Dakota, for instance. I mean, we can produce a lot of our own oil. And so the welfare state doesn't work anymore. Uh, the numbers don't add up. Our estimations are in the United States that in five to seven years, that's not very long, they will be completely broke. What? At the model that they've got going now, the welfare state and the price of oil. No wonder they're throwing that Davos in the desert thing and really trying to get tech to move in and find anything but oil to do. MBS is scrambling with his his dad saying, look, we got to do something or the whole House Assad thing is over. Wow. Can you imagine an Arab Spring type uh, thing in Saudi Arabia? Oof. And the d- extremists that come out of the woodworks in yeah. Saudi Arabia. Uh, Arabia is your home of extremism. 70% of their population is under 30, which is also amazing. Oh, man. Oh, that is a that is a political bomb. Yeah, he knows that. Those two things. He knows Does that. he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Uh, U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton is in meetings in Moscow today with one huge issue up for discussion. President Trump's announced intention to withdraw from a landmark nuclear weapons treaty. Trump charged Russia had been violating the terms of its intermediate-range nuclear forces treaty that bans the U.S. and Russia from having, producing, or test-flying ground-launched nuclear cruise missiles with a range of 300 to 3,400 miles. Now, Russia has repeatedly denied the allegations, and over the years, some of the past administrations, including the Obama administration, actually accused the Russians of cheating. But now, Trump is saying, hey, we just may go ahead and bail out of this if we can't get it fixed. Right, and some of the Trump-hating media is saying, look, he's going to blow up another... You know, institution that has served us so well for so long. Well, similar to the NATO argument and a lot right. of other things, the other side's been cheating. The They've o- been cheating. Mm-hmm. The other thing about this treaty is China is not included in this treaty. and So, right, some- so we're restrained and China isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So some people are saying, you know, maybe trying to make some uh, major alterations to this wouldn't be a bad idea right now. Republican Senator Bob Corker. Warning that taking this step could lead to other arms treaties falling apart, but he's suggesting, quote, maybe this is just a move to say, look, if you don't straighten up, we're moving out of this. And I hope that's the case. And that's and, Corker. And or these 30-year-old agreements uh, need revamping. We'll sit down, sit down with old Vlad and President Xi and work out a new deal. It, it's just, always been interesting to me, though, because uh, we went from having whatever it was, 60,000 missiles right, each, right. that we could have detro- destroyed the entire planet a thousand times, down to a number of missiles where we could only destroy the entire planet 50 times. I'm and after, ex- like, the first 30, the fun goes out of yeah, it. I'm not exactly sure yeah. how it becomes a deterrent after a certain part, but it's part of the deal. Transgender. Well, the idea is if somehow they have a super weapon or a, or a, a sneak attack and they knock out 80% of our force, we still right. have enough to obliterate them. 
Transgender rights activists are calling for protests outside the White House today after reports the Trump administration is moving to end legal recognition of transgender Americans. Now, the New York Times is reporting the Department of Health and Human Services is mounting an effort to legally define a person's gender as either male or female as determined by their genitals at birth. The policy would reverse Obama-era rules that recognized and protected transgender individuals under federal civil rights laws. Is there any way, because the whole genitals thing is is not crazy. I find it quite enjoyable. To say, <laughs> or is that not what you mean? <laughs> it's not crazy to decide you got a penis, you're a dude, you got a vagina, you're a woman, and just, you know, go with that. Right. Um, well, what's their concern? What's Who's the, the activists or the Trump the administration? Trump administration? I don't know. I'd have to read about it. Hmm. President Trump, by the way, is going to be in Houston today. He's going to be holding a campaign rally for Republican Senator Ted Cruz at the Toyota Center. The rally is being held on the first day of early voting as Cruz runs for re-election against his Democratic challenger Beto O'Rourke. And this race has allegedly become a lot closer than everybody thought uh, early on. Well, and then it got farther apart again, but we'll yeah. see. They're going to hold a poll on Tuesday the 6th. Yep. Two weeks from tomorrow, ladies and germs. That's exciting. Meanwhile, President Trump's approval rating is higher than former President Obama's rating ahead of his first midterm election. New NBC Wall Street Journal poll finding Trump at 47% approval among registered voters. Obama had about 45% about the same time in 2010. Yeah, uh, that's a margin of error stuff. So Obama, Trump, and Clinton all uh, going into the midterms with the same numbers, and the other two got just shellacked in the midterms. But there's a a much different excitement gap. Well, everything is different. Yeah, (laughs) Everything is different. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. In in the previous elections, the incumbent party had much lower enthusiasm for the election than the, uh, the, the challenger. Right. This time around, it appears that uh, it's much closer. It's uh, middle single digits, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, partly because of the Kavanaugh hearing. And I still and think... Partly because of the relentless, relentless attacks on, on the Tangerine Tornado. Because huh. fans don't feel like... Well, they still feel aggrieved. They still want to express their enthusiasm. Usually you get fat and happy if you have the uh, yeah. the office. Sure. The office of the presidency in particular, which people are obsessed with. Burger King is out with a new burger today that they claim is clinically proven <laughs> to induce nightmares. Good. Super. Why, would, why wouldn't I want that? <laughs> the Nightmare King is going to be uh, available through November 1st. Apparently, it uh, features a ghoulish green bun stuffed with a quarter pound of beef. I've had green buns before, too. <laughs> Leave them in the, uh, on the counter for too long. Along with a chicken filet, cheese, bacon, and mayo, the chain said they worked with experts to conduct a scientific study and determine those who ate the sandwich before bed had the highest incidence of nightmares. Yeah, my nightmare this morning was stepping on the scale, so I'm not going to be uh, eating that for a while. My nightmares are news guy giving away advertisements if somebody throws on a green bun. <laughs> Whip the yes. Yeah, way to go, Marshall. We've been yeah, going, way uh, to go. We went to McDonald's yeah. twice last week because uh, the kids really like the play thing there. Oh, right? yeah. That thing is extraordinary. I'd never paid that much attention to it. It's extraordinary. That thing's like 30 feet high. Depends which one you're at. But right. yeah, yeah, some is, of them are fantastic. That's quite the playground. Way that's cooler a, than anything I ever yeah, played on. Huh? Uh, absolutely. That's one of the best playgrounds around at the damn McDonald's. Of course, right. you're, you're just signing up for every cold and 
flu that that makes him hardy in the tri-state area when i was their age all i had was a (laughs) rock and a stick (laughs) dodgers get another crack at the world series title as they visit the boston red sox for game one tomorrow we had a game we called rock stick (laughs) that's that's mostly what we played rams in control the entire game as they crushed past or rushed past the 49ers 39 to 10 in santa clara todd Gurley running for two touchdowns caught another one for la Gurley the catch in the 15 the 10 the 5 gets a block Gurley goes in for the third time today touchdown todd Gurley. touchdown la rams 7-0 the last unbeaten team left in the nfl right now and the Chargers denied the Titans' two-point attempt in the final minutes as they held on to a 2019 win in London. I think the two-point attempt is cheating. I've always felt that way. Oh, there you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I'd say eliminate the dumb point after the kick, except the guy missed one yesterday at the end of a wild game. Well, they moved it back last year, right, to try right. to make, bring yeah. down the percentages a little. And it has a little. It's pretty pointless, if you'll pardon the expression. <laughs> I will not. Uh, the petering out is coming up. Oh, we're going to end big. Huh? Eh. Go out with a whimper. Claim whatever you want. I'm staying silent <laughs> over here. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The question shouldn't be, Jack, says this texter, how long it takes 7,000 people to get to the United States walking through Mexico, but how they are getting fed and meeting their daily needs and who's paying for it. That, I, yeah, we talked about that, too. That That is so clearly should be part of the reporting um, if you're going to be the least bit honest, it's it's a stunt, which doesn't change the issues at all, really. Mm, the fact that it's a, a little, stunt. Well, yeah, yeah, not much. Oh, I see what you're you still got. How are you going to deal with immigration and people want to come here and blah, blah, blah. Sure. But to act like it's just 7,000 plucky people who just stood up one day and thought, you know what? I'm going to walk thousands of miles. Um, and we'll be safer together. So let's go now. Can you imagine the logistics of doing that? The, the bathrooms, the food, the medicine, the, the everything. Right. Somebody's paying for that. Right. And planned it. Anyway. So um, the UAE spent millions of dollars lobbying in the United States, lobbying the government, getting favorable articles in the newspapers and that sort of stuff to make us all like MBS, which we all did up until fairly recently. The UAE, United Arab Emirates. And he came out to Silicon Valley. How many Emirates are there? He was at the Ritz-Carlton in San Francisco meeting with all the tech people, and he was in Hollywood meeting with the movie stars, and he was in D.C. meeting with uh, all the, the government people and everything like that. He gives the impression of being comfortable with Western mores, says the New Yorker. In meetings with American women, he shakes their hands and looks them in the eye, which not every Saudi official will even do. Once during at a meeting at the home of Secretary of State John Kerry, MBS spotted a grand piano, walked over and began playing Moonlight Sonata. Wow. Much to the amazement of the guests. He is a reformer. His favorite diversion is Call of Duty, the video game. Um, He has several brothers who were educated in the West. One of them has a doctorate from Oxford. But this person who has been studying the family said, if you look at them, his brothers, you talk to them, they're all basically soft. 
There is this quality to MBS. This guy is not soft. <laughs> no, he is not. And his dad recognized that early on. This is the guy that's going to be king. Yeah. Yeah, wow. It's like a little fathead running North Korea. Isn't he like the second or third son of yeah, yeah. Kim Jong-il? Right. You make a determination as a parent who's, who's got what it takes. And in this case, sometimes it's bloodthirstiness. Yeah. The, the willingness to be evil, yeah. which is not a trait most of us want in our child. But if you're a dictator, I guess that's what you're looking for. Uh, yeah, a certain uh, steel spine quality. An iron fist. <laughs> Copper knees. Yeah. <laughs> like a junkyard. <laughs> and yeah, you know what I'm saying. Don't you? Does somebody? Does anybody? Uh, speaking of iron-fisted rulers, unless you have more on MBS. because nah, I got a lot I, more, but that's fine. I like it. I want to hear as go much on as you got. Good. I read a lot over the weekend. I just got sucked in. It was so interesting. What an interesting place. So uh, here's another interesting place. How much time, Michael? One single U.S. minute. The Oh, sorry, I was glancing down. The state of the race for the governorship of California and the bizarre non-campaign of one Gavin Newsom. Smart move. As we mentioned, the ballot information, the voter information packet, he has no candidate statement. Right. There's he no, just declined to make one. There's no reason. I'm sure all his polling shows, look, I could only mess this up. And A dog could get elected governor as long as he's the D. Right. And Nick from Los Angeles um, actually writes a really nice note, and I wish we had the time for it, but he says, so I guess Gavin's strategy is to bombard voters with text you have to piece together with a puzzle, like a puzzle. He's literally going to win by hiding under a rock with a D on it. And he did a screen capture of these texts he got from, it says, Hi, I'm Jane, a volunteer with Gavin Newsom 4, and that's one of seven. Then the next one he got was number four of seven, then seven of seven, then three of seven, two of seven, five and seven, and the final one he got was the number six of seven. Um, and if you piece it all together, it's asking you to get out and vote for Gavin. And then he texted back, well, tell me why I should care when Gavin didn't even care to write anything in the voter's guide. Matter of fact, I do care. My vote will be casted for Cox. And his reply was, well, okay then. <laughs> Final thoughts with Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Never before have so few done so little for no one in particular. He's not done. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Here's your host, Joe Getty. <laughs> All right, let's get a final thought from everybody. Positive Sean, what's your final thought? Yes, one word marker review. The market is confused. Oh, oh, as am I. Marshall Phillips, your final thoughts? Well, $2 billion worth of caviar dreams and champagne wishes up for grabs this week. I, again, am excited. Super. Michelangelo, do you have a final thought for us? Yeah, I was actually looking at possibly buying a condo for the first time, and um, I just got a call that the price was off by $100,000. It was <laughs> the, it was a typo, and so it was off What? By, yeah. It was... Is off by a hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand dollars more than I thought it would be. That's a hell of a typo. Good yes. lord! Isn't that crazy? Yeah, no kidding. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Yes, I'm looking at uh, the entertainment section of USA Today and their front page, top of the fold, full page article on another royal redhead. Ginger's thrilled by the possibility for Harry and Meghan's baby. How could that possibly be entertaining to a single human being on planet Earth? Will there be another redheaded royal? 
Wow! My final thought is I looked at the list of nations on Earth by GDP and found out that if you won the uh, Mega Millions lottery, you'd have a bigger GDP this year than like 23 nations on Earth. Why wouldn't you declare yourself a country? Mm. What does that take? What's the? Is there an application fee? Get yourself a flag, write yourself an anthem, and for one year, you'd be right. you know, on the list. Come up with a language? Yeah. I feel like anthem was a little early on your country planning there. I don't know what point in the process <laughs> oh, you, you get the anthem, yeah. but... <laughs> oh, Jotonia, long will you shine? Something. Jotonia. Jotonia, Jotonia. And you speak Igpeatin language. <laughs> You speak what I tell you to. I'm the king. (laughs) Armstrong and Eddie wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. Ah, so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. The links we said are there or there, I think. The language could be your dumb guy voice. That'd be a good language for your country. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. I'm 13% victim. I'm 21% victim. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.